Hello, friends. It's intern pastor Marietta. I know you can't see me right now. Don't worry. Welcome to the dark. I'm sitting here enveloped by the dark, thinking about a verse from our Matthew text today. That text offers a richness of startling images and phrases. The one that spoke into my heart this week was in verse 27. What you say in the dark, tell in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. What I say to you in the dark. This is a part of what Jesus is telling his disciples in this passage as he prepares to send them out to tell the world that the kingdom of God is near. What I say to you in the dark. This struck me as so different, so contrary to what we usually read about the dark in the Bible and what we usually say about darkness as part of our Christian faith. So I'm sitting here in the dark, thinking about how in this statement, Jesus rehabilitates darkness. In so many places and ways, Scripture portrays the dark and darkness as something to fear, as something to flee from. And so we in the church have done the same, talking about darkness as a place of sin and death, a place from which we are saved by Jesus, who we call the light of the world. In fact, one of my favorite passages in the Bible from the first chapter of the Gospel of John proclaims this about Jesus. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Darkness, in most of our readings and understandings, is a thing to be eliminated, to be cursed even. But here in this difficult passage from Matthew, full of uncomfortable images and harsh words, here is where Jesus seems to say, Pay attention to the things that I say, that I whisper, in the dark. Listen closely. Lean in. These are things that you're going to want to share and share widely and loudly. These are things that are important and necessary to be proclaimed and preached. Here in the dark is the place from which Jesus speaks to us and tells us what it means to be a disciple, to bring God's kingdom near to reorganize our priorities, to examine how we live into this life into which we are called as people of faith. Here in the dark is a place where if we listen closely, we may uncover the mystery of where we have come from and who we are to be. How does this resonate in your life? Are there things that you've learned in times of darkness? Certainly, when our busy days are over and the world is hushed, we settle down in the twilight and we have a minute or two to think. That's often when things become clear. At the end of the day, our bodies and our minds have time to process and discern. You've probably heard this when you're making a big decision. Well, you'd better sleep on it. Brain science tells us today that our minds are working hard at night to organize our memories, to process information, and solve problem. 
So sleeping on it makes sense. Or are there times in your life when you feel you're walking in darkness and it is in those times when you discover something about yourself or your life that wasn't clear before? Sometimes at our lowest points there in the dark, what is really important, what really matters becomes crystal clear. Several years ago, my friend and classmate Rudy had a heart attack. He had worked his entire adult life, almost 30 years, in the printing and graphic arts industry. When he awoke in that hospital bed, he found himself reevaluating his life and his choices. He began to turn toward a call to ministry to a life in the church that for so long he had avoided. In the darkness of a health crisis, Rudy found a path toward a new life and a new calling. And finally, I think a lot of us right now are finding ourselves in what seems like a dark place, a confusing place of sadness over the racial divide in this country. But I want to offer it also as a place where new growth can begin. Maybe you can identify with my friend, let's call him Sean, who laid awake one night after the death of George Floyd. Sean was tossing and turning, trying to sort out in his mind what was happening across the country. He finally got out of bed. He turned on a documentary on Netflix about the mass incarceration of black men, and then he turned to some YouTube videos that offered different points of view on racism Sean was tired the next day, that's for sure. But as he was also full of questions and wonderings, his dark night of searching had awoken in him a new place of growth and openness. In her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, pastor and author Barbara Brown Taylor rehabilitates the image of darkness, too. She writes, I have learned things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light, things that have saved my life over and over again, so that there is really only one logical conclusion. I need darkness as much as I need light. I need darkness as much as I need light. Which brings us to the rest of this verse from Matthew 10. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Now, before I go any further, I want to assure you that if you're worrying about me up here on my rooftop, I'm only about seven feet off of my deck of my house, and I have a safety crew down there at the bottom of my roof in case I get wobbly. So don't worry. Instead, I invite you to consider what we are being asked to proclaim from the housetops, to speak forth in the light. First and foremost, this passage from Matthew carries promise. As Jesus prepares to send the disciples out into the world, he says to them, Do not fear. Have no fear. Do not be afraid. If God cares for mere sparrows, God cares for you. 
you who are more valuable than sparrows. How much does God care? God will count each hair on your head. That is something to be proclaimed from the housetops. Second, our reading from Matthew and our reading from Psalm 69 also recognize the realities of what it means to be a disciple and a follower. The psalmist writes that allegiance and life with God has brought on scorn and gossip and shame and alienation. Jesus tells the disciples that they will be maligned, that they will question their own priorities that their closest relationships will be tested. This will not be an easy life, but that following him will mean losing a life that is less than, a life that is confined by human imagination, by human limitations. The life to be lost is one weighed down by sin and guilt and worry that you aren't doing everything quite right that you aren't good enough, or smart enough, or Christian enough. The life to be gained is one nestled in Christ, steeped in Christ's example and in Christ's gift, that you are enough. You are baptized into Christ, and you walk in newness of life. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 6, that we have been united in the death and resurrection of Christ, with Christ, and with each other. Together, unified, we are dead to sin, and we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now that is something to be proclaimed, proclaimed from the housetops. Amen.